God bless you. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm tickled pink to be here. Who can say no to this wonderful bubble of Holy Ghost filled spirit? Let's give your pastor a hand in here today. My task today from the committee that called me, gave me a theme, the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, is where we will be hanging our hat today. Forty-three verses one and two. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, and the Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee, and I am the Lord your God. I have loved thee, and therefore I will give men for thee, and people for thy life. They said that they wanted me to talk about that they were glad that they made it. Senior citizens, old folk, <laughs> I'm glad I made it. <laughs> they wanted me to emphasize that if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, we couldn't have made it. God is with Jacob. There are people in this world who never seem to learn from their mistakes. Because they refuse to learn, they are doomed to repeat the same unhealthy behaviors over and over and over again. There are also people who do learn from their mistakes. And these people grow in wisdom and avoid all sorts of pain and struggle. However, there is a group of people who are the wisest of them all. 
they watch, they listen, and learn. And rather than having to face the consequences of unwise choices and actions, they see the results of these things in lives of others and they avoid them at all costs. The story of Jacob's life is an example of all three, all three situations. Never learning, making the same mistakes, watching other folks who make mistakes and refuse not to do what they do. All three. Where are you? How did you get to be where you are, old man, old woman? <laughs> Jacob learns from his mistakes and he grows in maturity as he discovers that God is with him even in the hard times. As we walk through Jacob's life here for about 15 or 20 minutes, we see him grow in wisdom and come to a place where he's able to learn from the mistakes of others and not have to feel pain before he learns the lessons. God wants to teach him. And as we study the life of Jacob, we are invited to a place of wisdom where we can discover God's desire to be with us and to teach us in every experience of life. Well, Jacob the deceiver. Isaac and Rebecca are married and God's plan of community continues. And they end up having twin sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob is a con man. He's a con artist. He's a schemer. Jacob is always looking for an angle. And he's like that right out of the womb. I said they were twins. And Genesis 25, 24 through 26 tells the story of the birth of this odd couple. <laughs> Esau was the firstborn. And this kid had a serious hair problem. Yeah. The Bible tells us that when he was born, he was a hairy garment, hair everywhere, and it was red, red hair. Jacob came next, and when he came out, he was grabbing hold to the heel of Esau, because he wanted to come out first. Scheming before he was even born. <laughs> messed up family. That's what it was. A messed up family. And as these two boys grow, they became two dramatically different people. Esau is a hunter and an outdoorsman. 
Jacob is a quiet man who likes to stay inside. And we read that again, that the parents make the mistakes of playing favorites. Mama chose Esau, Daddy chose Jacob. It's hard to raise a family and boys and girls if you're making a choice between the two. Because it won't be too much longer before they found out that mama loved you more than you love me. Any of y'all remember the Smothers Brothers? Mama always loved you best. They made millions of dollars just running through the world. TV, number one show. Mama loved you better than she loved me. Daddy loved me. He was my man. I was his favorite child. That's what we got going on here. Rebecca favors Jacob, and she helps Jacob trick his daddy into stealing from the family from Esau. She teaches her boy how to be Jacob the deceiver. You don't have to look hard to discover that you have some really messed up family dynamics going on here. But yet God loved him. What's going on with God? Why are you in love with a guy like this? God. You need to tell us what's going on. I, I don't understand. Things got so bad that when Esau realizes that he had lost both his birthright and blessing to his younger brother, he plans to kill him. Esau put a hit out on Jacob. And Rebecca said, hold on. You can't kill him. He said, yeah, he's got to go, mama. He's got to go. And so she says, please, don't, don't. Tell you what you do. You go down to Haran, my brother Laban down there. He's a sheep man, and you're one of the best sheep persons I know. I watched you grow up, Jacob, and you, you know sheep. So go down there and please, I don't want you to die right now. Go down there to my brother. I'm going to send him word that you're coming. And you know the story, I guess. And so she goes, and he goes, and she drops him off, and he goes, and he gets down there, and the trickery keeps going because he runs into his uncle, and his uncle is a cheat, a trick, and a crook, too. What's going on with the family? What's happening with Cousin Jack and your family? Can I get a witness here? Why is it always Aunt Mary is always the one that's having some problems? How is it always that you always going down to City Hall with Ralph? You know, and then the story goes, Jacob is on the run. And you know about Jacob's ladder and all that stuff, and how he wrestled all night long with the angels, and I ain't gonna let you go till you bless me. And he didn't. But God still loved Jacob. God is with Jacob. And I'm wondering why today, I, 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 I'm wondering why God is with folk that don't wanna be with him. 
did you make it where you are to now? Everybody in here is old. I remember, I like that, I remember. Come here, Archer Dale and the Drills from Houston, Texas. I remember when I was shooting them up. And then I remember <laughs> when I was going around, banking down. <laughs> and then I remember I went from cowboys to girls. <laughs> Trouble started. I'm growing now. I'm getting older now. And I went from cowboys to girls. And then I remember when the girls went from paper dolls to boys. As we grow older, we get into more stuff. And is it good, bad, or indifferent? Or are we like Jacob, messing up everywhere we go? Then I remember when I got in my 20s, Marine Corps. Boy, boy, boy. The Marine Corps builds men. They built me physically. And they did a pretty good job on me mentally. But one day down in San Pedro, Walking across the street, I remember. And I woke up sitting on the curb. And my buddies said, Damon, you almost got killed. I said, how is that? <laughs> you were crossing the street and car almost hit you. I said, I don't remember that. Man, don't you smoke no more of that weed. <laughs> now, I ain't the only one who tried to smoke weed. But I learned that if I kept smoking weed, I was going to die. So that was it for me. Sometimes you profit by your mistakes. Sometimes you don't listen. Sometimes you're not watching. But how is it that you got to be 85 years old, Damon Lynch? Somebody, when I wasn't watching, was watching me. And I don't know how you got here. 
But it wasn't because you were praying and shouting and singing and I'm on the right road now. Because you ain't always been on the right road. What happened when you were on the wrong road? If it hadn't been for God, who saw you and snatched you from the brain and put you where you are now. Preach Lynch. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The, the beauty of belonging to God is more than anything that you've ever done because you didn't make it here by yourself. You've heard the old proverb said, there's nothing, there's no bigger fool than an old fool. And I'm praying and hoping here that I ain't preaching to a bunch of old fools. The scripture, the scripture, the scripture said that Jacob was loved by God. And I, I, I just kept questioning God. How could you keep letting this man go? And how could you keep dealing with this guy? What was it about him? that you were going to like, hey, just give him all kinds of shots. And then I thought about myself. How many chances have I had and didn't listen? How many close calls have I had and somehow got away? September the 5th, 1959. God said, listen, you went from cowboys to girls, but I'm going to get you away from all of that other stuff that you've been dealing with. I'm going to take you somewhere where you can see a real woman, a real girl, being raised right. That'll be for you. And I said, well, like, wow, what's going on? So one day I was sitting on my porch and this little girl came by in some shorts. <laughs> Spalding shoes, walking like a gazelle. And she looked over, hi Damon. I said, yeah, hi. So she tells a little girl across the street, tell Damon to call me. So I called her. Damon, I'm sorry to hear about your brother and so and so and so and so. And uh, I just wanted to share my condolences. I said, now what kind of girl would do this? Fine as she is, tall and slim and looking good, shapely. And she calls to give me condolences. And I said, it must be something that is. Somebody is talking to me. Should I or should I not listen? So I said, okay, cool. <laughs> and so I happened to stumble over there by our house, 1090 Matthews Drive, <laughs> Priestland, Lincoln Heights, Ohio. <laughs> and I said, I appreciate what you did. And all of a sudden, the voice that came back and the mannerism and the smile and the caring was altogether different than what I'd been used to. In Marine Corps, I kept telling those girls to stop writing me. 
because what they would do, great big old fat lips with the lipstick, they'd put, <laughs> put the lipstick on the envelope. And I kept telling them that mail call was not private. We had to stand in ranks in order to get our letters. And the drill instructor would be standing there and he would get them out, private so-and-so, private so-and-so. We had to run and get it and then run back in place. And every time I got a letter from so-and-so and so-and-so, very big old fat lips and sprint on the back. And then you open it up and they, wow, sitting here thinking of you and all that same old crap. <laughs> and the drill instructor one day and said, Damon, I don't know who's writing you, but they got some mighty big fat lips in there. <laughs> but at 1090 Matthews Drive, it was altogether different. It was calm, it was peaceful, it was graceful, it was intelligent, it was spiritual. And just last week before last, we celebrated 64 years. Full time and uninterrupted. Nobody but a God could keep us around that long. And not only keep us around, but raise a perfect almost family. Preach, boy. And the way I started is not the way I'm ending it. What are you doing and how are you going? Have you learned anything from being old? Well, I don't like him calling us old. Don't bring him back. Everybody wants to be a seasoned saint, but you know what seasoned mean? That means anybody who knows how to cook, if you season the stuff right, then it tastes good. But if you ain't done right, you ain't seasoned. So you can't call yourself a seasoned saint because you ain't learned nothing from being 55, 65, 75. The older you get, the more intelligent you ought to get because you've seen things now that other folk have not seen. If we were so seasoned, why are all of our children running around here shooting each other? If you're so seasoned, how come they sprinkling on some of the kids? A seasoned saint is somebody who has been through something. And then you can tell somebody else how not to go through what you went through. I'm preaching here. But you know what? The beauty of belonging to God, those ladies told me, said, Reverend, we're here now. And she said, we're so glad we're here. Because if it hadn't been for God, we wouldn't have been here. And they said, preach on that, Reverend. I said, all right. And to belong to God and to belong and feel safe and secure, humanity's greatest desire is to know and to be known, to love and to be loved, and to feel confident that those who know and love us will be there for us through joy and trouble in our lives. Amen. 
Can I get a witness? This desire for connection, God has filled. You belong to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 16, verses through 19 and 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Who lives in you and was given to you by God? Do you not belong to yourself? No, you don't belong to yourself. God brought you in and brought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body and also with your mind. Psalm 100 and verse 3 said, Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us. And we are his, and we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Isaiah 43, 1 says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. The beauty of belonging to God is what it means to belong to God. We have been created by God, selected by God, and accepted by God. Because I belong to God by his choice, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Can I get a witness here? He chose my race. He chose my giftedness. And he chose my looks. I'm preaching here now. Uh, Damon, you're so cute. <laughs> and one day, this same little girl I'm talking about got off the bus, went to Warren Hill. She got off the bus, and she was walking, had the books in her arms, and she walked down, and she got to the corner, and there were three girls who liked me. And they said, oh, here comes Barbara. Barbara, we heard, they wanted to jump on it. We heard that uh, you were going with Damon. And she says, uh, Damon and I are talking, yes. Well, we just want you to know we don't like you talking to Damon. And they dropped their books, and she said, well, hold it, hold it, hold it. What y'all getting ready to do, fight me? Yeah because we want you to quit talking to Damon. She said, y'all can have him. <laughs> I ain't going to raise not one hand. That's my kind of woman, boys. When you know who you are and whose you are, you ain't got to worry about a thing. Can I get a witness here? He said, y'all can have him. I ain't fighting over him. If he wants me, he'll come. He'll make the choice. Yes. Humanity's greatest desire is to know and to be known, to love and to be loved, and to feel confident that those who know and love us will be there for us, joy and trouble in life. Can I get a witness here? That's why relationships are so important part of life. We all desire to be connected to others. One of the greatest joys of life is the joy of being securely connected and attached to somebody else. And one of life's greatest pain is a relational pain we experience of loss, rejection, and loneliness. But thanks be to God that he's with us all the way. No matter what's going on in our lives, we still got God. 
Jacob, Jacob kept having problems until he knew that God was on his side. He said, I knew that I was in the right place when you came and you wrestled with me all night long. And I wrestled with you all night long. And I knew then that I said, listen, I ain't going to turn you loose until you bless me. And then God said, well, yeah, I'm going to bless you, but first of all, I got to change your name. I got to change you from being a cheat, a deceiver, and a crook, and a con man. Are you ready for the change? He said, are you ready for the change? He said, well, I don't know. He said, all right, bam! Hit him right in the thigh. Can I get a witness here? Do you know, let me tell you something. Anytime you got a scar, that scar is there for a purpose. Because whenever you look at that scar, you'll think about how you got it. And when you think about how you got it, if you don't want another one, you'll say, I ain't going to never do that no more. That's what a scar is for. When God hit him in the leg, He was like Chester on Gunsmoke. <laughs> and whenever somebody said, what happened to your leg? He had to tell him. He said, but let but God touch me. My leg is like this, but I'm glad it's like this because every time I think about how I could have been, I could have been dead, sleeping in my grave, but God touched me. And when God touches you, he brings about a change in your life. And these ladies told me on the phone, said, Reverend, we glad to be old. I don't know who they were, Reverend, but they, you got some good members here. <laughs> said, we glad to be old because God has been with us and brought us from a mighty long way. Can I get a witness here? Yeah. Brought us from a mighty long way. Brought us from a mighty, mighty, mighty long way. And uh, although God is not human, he's a relational being. The Bible says that as humans, we are made in his image. It is evident through scripture and through the experience and countless people that God is very interested to have relationships with us. In the scripture, God calls believers his people or his children. Are you glad to be one of his children? Some believers who have known God or walked with God for a long time, like we have, may not feel close to him, but let me tell you something. Many people know about God but don't feel known or know God in a personal and intimate way. With an understanding that we are connected to God opens the door, my brothers and sisters, to a life-giving and joyful, connected, and reciprocal relationship. When this type of relationship is formed, it is truly transformational. You are known to be transformed in your mind, in your walk with God, your walk with your fellow man, because when God lays his hands on you, there's something about it that changes your life. I tell people all the time, I ain't what I want to be, but thank God I'm better than I used to be. I've been preaching now 54 years, 54. 54, 
And they're looking for my replacement, trying to get somebody. Rev, why are you quitting? I ain't quitting nothing. I'm just stepping aside. Because I've seen the lightning flash. And I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I still fight on because I know, I know, I know, I know that if it had not been for God, I wouldn't be standing here right now. And I don't know about you, and I don't know about your life, and I ain't trying to get in your business, but it was God who brought you to where you are now. Even if you were sitting in church, there was a time that you would be somewhere else, but God said when you woke up this morning, you were glad and you made your house to the house of God. You were on the right road now, but I remember some of y'all when you weren't on the right road. You were in the round one. KT's den. Can I preach? Your relationship with God is what got you here now. And if there's been any change in you now, you ought to try to act like Jacob acted after he found out that he couldn't make it without God. He tried to say, well, listen, I, 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 I got to get up from here. The brother went down there, and he, he, he went by the well to get some water. And Rachel was sitting there with her fine self. And he looked at her and love at first sight on his part. And the Bible said he kissed her and wept, cried like a baby, because he had never felt like that before. God is now working on him, getting him ready to be who he was bound to be, the prince of Israel. That's what ultimately God wanted. He changed his name from Jacob, the deceiver, to the prince walking with God. And then that night, when he told his stupid uncle that, can I have your daughter in matrimony, matrimony? He said, yeah, on one condition, that you bring me good sheep, because I'm a failure at raising sheep, and you are an expert. And so he said, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. He said, but I'll tell you one thing. You're going to have to tend my sheep for seven years. He said, what? Seven years? Yep, seven years. He said, Lord, have mercy. And so they shook hands. Watch who you shake hands with. Every shaking hand ain't really from the heart. And so that night when the honeymoon took place, they didn't have electric then. They went in the tent. All the candles were put out. He gets in bed with this vivacious woman. He feels her body, caresses her. And of course, you know, they dealt 
and dealt with the wedding, and everything was fine, consummated it. And the cock crowed early that morning. He wakes up and he yawns and he turns over and he says, was it good for you? And she says, yes, but the voice was different. He thought he had Rachel, but he had Leah. There are times in your life when you think you got this, but you're going to wind up with that. Because if you ain't doing the right thing, and if you ain't living and being honest about how you're trying to live, then God will fix it so that you have to learn a lesson. Has anybody here learned any lessons? Because the older you get, you ought to be profiting by the lessons that you learned when you were living. I've learned a whole lot of lessons, and now all I do is just go around and I tell young boys and young preachers and all this, don't get too excited, stay with the Lord, preach the word, don't try to get cute, don't try to sell nothing, don't try to do all that stuff, preach the word and God will bless you. Stay focused on what you're doing and God will bless you. And one day you'll be an old man sitting back on the porch Chewing your tobacco, smoking your pipe, bills all paid. Did you hear what I said? I know some of y'all right there now trying to get away with this. Doesn't it feel good to not to have no debt? Preach, boy. Doesn't it feel good to watch your TV and it's your TV? Doesn't it feel good to drive your car anywhere you want to drive it? Can I get a witness here? Doesn't it feel good to know that your grandchildren are doing well and they're coming by, papa, dada? And you're looking and say, Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. You brought me from a mighty long way, and I'm so glad that I was in your world. Can I get a witness? Somebody ought to shout hallelujah and tell God, I'm so glad to be here because you brought me from a mighty long way. I didn't think I was going to make it, but you put your hands on me a long time ago. And I promise you that I would trust you and I would obey your word until I die. Thank you for bringing me where I am now. Stand on your feet and give God some praise in the house today. The Bible says that you've been purchased with a price and the blood of Jesus paid the full penalty for your sin and allows God to have you as his own. You are God's treasure, y'all. I'm so glad I'm old now, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Never forget that you are God's treasure. Never forget that he loves you and wants to be with you. The Bible reveals God as the perfect father, husband, friend, shepherd, and savior. You are God's own possession designed to give glory to God. But how? How can we give glory to the king of glory? Glory belongs to God. Can I get a witness? God reveals his glory. We can observe his glory, but how do we give him glory? You need to hear this. 
To glorify God is not to bestow glory on God or to add glory to his glory, but to recognize and acknowledge his glory. If you just acknowledge and recognize that if it had not been for the glory of God, if it had not been for God in your life, you wouldn't be where you are today. It was God who brought you every step of the way. For every mistake, he's canceled it now. And you can sit down now and then enjoy your life and say, for God I live and for God I die. Can I get a witness here? I'm going to hold on. I'm going to fight on. I'm going to pray on. I'm going to sing on. I'm going to preach on until God says done. If he says well done, then I'm going to say well done. Thank you, Jesus, because if it had not been for you, I never would have made it. 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 Shake somebody's hand and say, God brought me where I am today, and I thank God for bringing me to where I am. I don't know how old you are, but I'm be 85 in about two weeks. And I'm so glad that, that 85, whoo, I'm looking for 95. I'm looking for 105. I'm just looking for, because the same God that brought me, he's keeping me. Did you hear what I said? Rev, you sure look good. Well, I have looked better, but I didn't feel better. I wasn't better. When I looked better, I wasn't better. When I went from Wildlife Rose and Thunderbird, I went to Jack Daniels. And I thought Jack was my buddy. Jack and I hung together for quite a while. But then one day Jack said, listen, I got to get out of here. I said, Jack, don't go. Jack said, I'm leaving in the house. I just couldn't believe we'd been so good. I mean, we had a thing going on. My wife used to say, well, when, <laughs> where were you last night? This is when our young days. She said, you were out with Jack again, huh? <laughs> I said, no, I'd lie like hell. No, I wouldn't. And then one day, one day, Jack said, I'm tired of this. Jack said, I'm leaving. Because he got tired of my wife dealing with him. <laughs> and one day I'm driving, and I'm headed past the zoo. And I had to get out of the wheel, from under the wheel, because I was in so much pain. She had to take it right there across the street from the zoo. And she used to lay on the back seat. So I laid on the back seat, and I was just painting and painting. And then they had a thing I'd never heard of the word before, pancreatitis. The worst pain I ever had in my life. That was Jacob getting hit in the side. I was Jacob. I was Jacob getting hit in the side. Like Jacob got hit in the thigh. 
That was my call. Took me on up to the hospital, the veterans right there. Took me on up there. They said, he's got pancreatitis. I never heard the word before in my life. I said, well, whatever it is. I can't spell it. I can't hardly pronounce it. But I don't ever want it again. I said, how did I get it? They said, well, do you drink? I said, oh, God. <laughs> Bam. I said, oh, God. All the years, white eyes rose, purple cow, Thunderbird didn't do it. But they aided and abetted. Then when I got a little money, I said, well, I can go to Jack now, Tennessee. <laughs> I went to the distillery. I fought to get the black guy who invented it to have it named after him. That's how much I loved him. But then as I grew, along with the pain, Every time you limp, remember, you, you remember. I wish y'all could see this. Every time you limp, you remember why you're limping. And so I said, all right, I'm through with the jack. And ever since that day, I got jack all over the house. Thank you, brother. You come to my house, y'all can have all you want to drink. But I walk right by. Because I remember. Can I get a witness? Have you, are you walking by stuff now that you remember? Then raise your hand and say, I remember that. And I don't want to ever go through it again. Let's give God some praise in the house today. God bless you. Thank you.